Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Inside the Birds is back. Hello, everybody. It is Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher here with another Inside the Birds in the middle of the week. And we don't have a game to break down. Now, I swear, I know the bye week is much needed, Adam, and we get a nice break. But when when we do these pods, right, and then we did like the review of the offense and the defense, and um, now in the middle of the week, instead of doing a breakdown because there's no game, it just makes you realize – it's a long. It's like a long time. It's a welcome respite, but I feel oh, yeah. like it's been forever got, since yeah. the Eagles played. And we got a lot of information. The beauty of this show is, Jeff, things have happened, and you, I, we're going to get into some of your reporting for the big COVID story. We've got mm-hmm. injury updates. We got a ton of information, Jeff. This is actually a great show today. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. It is a lot of information. As we told our listeners that we would do, we're going to do uh, an Ask ITB show. We're going to answer a bunch of questions that have been building up over the past few weeks, really since the start of the season, for people who hit us up on the Inside the Birds Facebook community page or our Twitter page or left us in a review, and we're, we're getting more reviews on our Apple podcast platform, so really appreciate that. If you could still continue to give us the five-star review on the Apple podcast, we'd really appreciate well, it. You know what we'll do? Yeah, we'll, we'll, Jeff, we'll, what we'll do is we'll grab, on the next show, we'll grab a couple of the Apple questions because we took these all from the board. There's so mm-hmm. many of them. And there's so many good questions on our, our Facebook board that I was like, listen, this is, this is actually like a, the, this is actually going to take up quite a, we, we couldn't take 30 questions. We took our best 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right, Jeff, the, the Apple questions are a couple of good ones there. So we'll grab them. I promise for the next show. Yeah. What we can do is also put them into the, I can build them into the, the pregame show script. So oh, we can answer good idea. Them even better on Thank Sunday you. Yeah. and make sure you're checking out the inside the birds pregame live show with myself, Adam, Greg Cosell, Trey Thomas, uh, we start up 10 a.m. Uh, this Sunday. We'll be at the Goose Island Brew House in Fishtown, but you can catch us on any of the uh, platforms on YouTube, Twitter, or Facebook. And uh, it's a great show. So I encourage everybody to check it out. Uh, let's get into some, some news here. Um, obviously, things this week are, are altered. They're adjusted for the Eagles because of an assistant coach who tested positive for COVID-19 and so what was described to me, Adam, was intense, intensive protocol for COVID-19, meaning the, team, the facility will stay open and the team will be able to practice as it normally does. However, when they are not practicing, the players will then be doing everything virtually. They're not going to be inside the classrooms. They're going to be maintaining as much social distance as possible. 
So uh, there are some other things that go on. I mean, it's not just meetings, right, in practice. There are some other things that go on inside the Novacare during the week that is for game preparation that will also be adjusted. I'm, I don't have to go into the little minutia. I was mm-hmm. just told that most things that are on the schedule that require people to be even within six feet in, in, a, in a closed quarters are now going to be separate and people are going to do virtual learning um, okay. in response. So gotcha. that obviously is not ideal, but – um, I think we've seen a lot of situations this year so far where teams had to miss a practice or two or had their, their um, schedules adjusted, and it doesn't mean that they've lost, right? Yeah, the yeah. It, 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 it's, always, it's always concerning because we don't know who the coach is. We know it's not Doug Peterson. We know it's not um, Ken Vlagel, who I guess he talked this week. Well, actually, um, they all had – I'm not 100% sure that we do know that because all uh, of the assistant coaches – so like like Justin Peel spoke this week. Press Taylor spoke. They all did zooms. So you don't really know. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, well. Let, here's what we do know uh, because mm-hmm. I know you you knew. Uh, let's see. Today's Wednesday morning. So Tuesday morning, I think you or whenever you heard it. Um, the, the question would be, and we don't know who the, the the coach is, but you just from a game planning standpoint, because I've talked to team. I remember talking to the Titans when they had they were the first team to really have an issue, and they had a major issue. Yeah, uh, playing a Tuesday game against Pittsburgh, but. I remember they, what they went through was insane, Jeff. They, three times, they were told to go back to work, then they left. Go back to work, then they left. Over a week's period. In fact, they never practiced up to Pittsburgh. They only had long walkthroughs. But, and this, this, this situation with Eagles is, as of Wednesday morning, is obviously pales in comparison. It's minor compared to that. But it's still a coach who's involved, if you're coaching a position, or involved in game planning. So, look, it, it, but as you said, and remember, Doug Peterson was the first coach that we know of, Eagles-wise, to have this. Uh, he had it for a brief period of time. He did his work. Uh, was it before? I can't remember. It's been so long. Was it before draft or after the draft? I don't remember. Oh, it was training camp. It was the oh, training camp. Juice okay. Staley took oh, yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right. Juice is the assistant head coach. I mean, it's been so long. So much has happened with all these teams. I, I can't remember exactly when Doug had it. But yeah, it was yeah, the so first start of training camp when they were still just doing mostly strength and conditioning stuff. So really, he didn't miss a whole lot. Right. Now, now if, it's a, if it's a system position coach, excuse me, if it's a position coach, because the, the Eagles are one of these few teams that has an assistant to the position coach, that assistant <laughs> position coach can run the, can, can run the meetings or meeting uh, for this coach until he returns. So, uh it's not a super big deal, but it's, it's kind of alarming when you're not expecting it. You're like, uh-oh, uh-oh. But as you said, teams have been going through this. Uh, they have a plan for it. Uh, with, with the intensive protocols, um, you know, the, the, we've seen a bunch of the Colts did it. The Falcons did it most recently. Mm-hmm. Several teams have done it. They just adjust their scheduling. They, just do, they have the Zoom meeting from home right. uh, if they have to, and they spread everything out, and it's okay. But um, look, you, you'd report it, I think, on a show. I mean, I'm talking like, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it back in March? Something like March or April, you were one of the first reporters to put it out there that uh, just in terms of ownership around the National Football League, I think you said Jeffrey Lurie was very out in front and making right. sure everything was done the right way. And, yeah, there was a time they were yeah. considering trying to expand the uh, rooms at the Novacare Complex to make them bigger for social distancing. Mm-hmm. Instead, they settled on at training camp having their classroom sessions at the link, which has yeah, really right. big media rooms and locker rooms in the in – the, uh, in the bowels of the stadium. So that's what they did instead. Okay. Yeah. But Jeffrey, and you know, they wear those sensors, right? I don't know if every NFL team has that. They do. No, every team, um, every team I've talked to several coaches and executives, every single NFL coach Mm -hmm. 
assistant head coach wears them all the time inside the building. All the executives do. The only time you're allowed to not wear it is when you're in your office alone. If somebody come, if somebody's coming in, mm-hmm. you have to have it on. And that sensor will go off. Actually, what happened was at Eagles practice, someone from their, uh, from their media was within six feet of me, and it came on right away. <laughs> in, training camp, in training camp. and, and they, you sure you know, that, doesn't was, that wasn't the Kaplan alarm? Are you sure no. that wasn't a different sensor? <laughs> right. Very good. But uh, that guy, yeah, it was kind of funny. You know? And then uh, one coach had texted me during training camp and showed me what he was wearing to monitor to make sure oh, okay. you're not within six feet. So, look, it is what it is. It's um, – you know, you got to get through this in the season. Uh, the uh, the commissioner said, you know, this week in their uh, meetings this week that uh, very clear they're going to get the season done. What they've done, a, the league's done a phenomenal job with NFLPA right. of, of really cracking down on everything and making sure they get through it. So there you go with the COVID nineteen with one of the Eagles assistants. All right, well there you go, and that's about it. I mean, as, to both of our knowledge, at the time that we record this, there's no indication that anything's going to change with the one o'clock game at MetLife Stadium. So things can though. On. Now I know. I said right now there's no indication. Right, right. Well, as of Wednesday morning, okay, before Wednesday's practice, we're going to get into the transactions and injuries because those are those are applied to Wednesday's practice and Thursdays and Fridays. But, yes, right. as we know, as far as we know, nothing else is on the horizon, and we'll see what happens. All right, let's get into some of those transactions. To me, you know, obviously the biggest one, and it happened on Monday, was the active – and it's funny, we talked about it in the podcast that dropped at 6 a.m. on Monday – uh, we, we, we wondered when Isaac Sayamalo would come back. And sure enough, later that day, they announced that he's activated into the 21-day practice window. This has normally been a good situation for most players. I think everybody who's been activated, except for one or two, has been able to play that week. So I guess we'll see with Isaac Sayamalo. Do you have more info on that? Do yes, you know um, and we're going to get into all of them. But I'm told by multiple people that uh, the expectation is that Sayamalo will play this week. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. Now, 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 I want to put the disclaimer, the asterisk, and for people who are quoting, I appreciate it, but let's get this right. The expectation is that he'll play. He's in pra- they practice later today for the first time. Um, he was involved in Monday's little late workout, uh-huh. but he's got to get through practice. We're going to get into Jeffrey and Sanders and, and, and Lane Johnson and Malik Jackson, all these guys. But as far as, say, Mal is concerned, my understanding is they expect him to play. And I will say this also, as much as people criticize the medical staff, this is, you know, obviously a revised one. They've done a really good job of getting players rehab, like a really good job. Ted Rath mm-hmm. and what's the other guy's name who came for the Vikings? Tom Hinkle. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Hunkley, Hunkley. Hunkley, I'm sorry, Hunkley. Uh, who was here and then he went to Minnesota with, with Shug, Eric Sugarman, and he came back. Um, they've done a really good job. As far as you, listen, the Eagles have had an unprecedented amount of players get hurt. Sometimes like all at the same time. <laughs> But it's been a challenge for them, and um, you know, it's a credit to them. They've done a really good job. They had Jeffrey's stuff is bizarre to me. I, I don't blame them. It's I, I don't agree. quite understand it. But there's anyway, more that, to meets the eye there. I'm yeah. sorry. I said, yeah, I agree. I think there's more than meets the eye with that situation. Okay, so yeah. so that's what I know about Isaac Sayamalo. We'll, we'll see how he does in practice. But the expectation is going into the practice week for any team that comes off of a bye. It always starts on Wednesday if you play on Sunday, and you got Thursday and Friday, Saturday walkthrough, Sunday game, and. Right now, it's looking good, but he's got to get through practice without setbacks. All right. Well, we'll probably have more on that later oh, this yeah. week we uh, on our Friday morning podcast. We yep. should have a better, clearer idea. For the third or fourth we'll time, see. I think it – go ahead. No, we'll just – we'll see. We, he's got to get through practice. Yes. For the third or fourth time, I believe, uh, in his career, 
Defensive tackle Trayvon Hester has been signed to the Eagles. He is uh, on their practice squad. He's uh, a defensive tackle. He's been with the Eagles a couple of times before. I've always liked him I, for this scheme. I think he's played you know decently well when he's been given the opportunity. Uh, did, isn't he not the – who did the double doink? Wasn't that Trayvon Hester? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, yeah. There you go, That's guys. Right. Here, for the folks who are watching on YouTube, and by the way, man – our YouTube tra- traffic has gone out of its mind. Like it's been doubled. <laughs> been great. Thank you for. I, don't, I know they don't want to see me, but so they must want to see you. <laughs> it's the backdrop. <laughs> it, it, right. Right. Backdrop. I, I need to keep doing that. But uh, yeah, he's look, he's the thing is we said this on the last show. Uh, they were going to sign either he rush or Hester. I just didn't know when. So uh-huh. they signed Hester. So they're not going to sign rush and they don't need to. They have, they have a bunch of D tackles, but to me, they need someone who's experienced. And Hester mm-hmm. is that guy. So they could call him up on Saturday. Uh, Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern is the, the, for Sunday games is the, is the uh, time frame to sign him. And if not, mm-hmm. then they'll just dress three def- uh, defensive tackles, assuming Malik Jackson plays. Right. And to clear a room for him on the practice squad, they had to release running back Adrian Killens, who unbelievably wound up playing in a game this year. Right? Was it not San Francisco that he uh, the game that he oh, played? Oh yeah, in? they tried a trick. <laughs> like, didn't they try like a like a little uh, kind of motion and yeah. pass out of the backfield, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. that was it. Yeah. So um, you know, he was one of those guys you were excited about in training camp because of all the speed. But obviously, I, I wouldn't surprise me if he's back in two or three weeks. Anyway, we'll see if he gets okay. picked up by somebody else. Uh, the following players protected on the practice squad: Jamon Brown, tight end Jason Kroom cornerback Michael Jaquette, and defensive tackle T.Y. McGill. So any of those guys can be elevated. Uh, you did hear Jim Schwartz this week. Um, I don't want to say he went overboard or anything, but he had some nice words for Michael Jaquette playing against Dallas in his limited – you know, he played yeah. a lot, but he just didn't get thrown at at all. Exactly. So Thank yeah. you for saying that because um, someone I really respect in the NFL business happened to listen to our last show. Uh, no, the uh-huh. – the, the show we did on defense, yes, and ha- took umbrage with something I said about uh, Jaquette, that, um, that he played well. He goes, look, the, the guy, someone who watched the tape, he goes, look, the guy wasn't really thrown in very much. He just didn't hurt them. Whenever yeah. he was supposed to make a play, he made it. And remember what Schwartz said in, in that Zoom session on Monday. He said, look, the, he was never even in their game plan to bring him up, but just because of they were down two cornerbacks, then they had to do something, and he was the guy. So, okay, but he's got length. He didn't hurt them. He played a lot. What did he play? 30 snaps? Something like that? He played, uh, he played yeah, fairly significantly because Darius Slay was out of the game. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Now, it sounds like Slay is okay. I mean, I, I uh, did not – remember, he left the game. Yeah, Doug yeah, right, said the next right, day he was right. going to be all right. He's so fine. it sounds yeah, like yeah, yeah, he, He'll be good. good. Uh, so let's get into the rest of the injuries. So the following players uh, are expected to be available barring any setbacks. Say Malo, Sanders, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that because uh, I know you – you may or may not have something to add, but I know that there, we, we need to explain the Jeffrey situation. Uh, to the best of our ability. Right. It's not – it's been – I don't I – don't, I'm, I'm, I've thrown my hands up ten times on this thing. Uh, uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so Sanders, Jeffrey, say Malo. We'll see Elaine Johnson. Uh, we'll get into him in a second. Blake Jackson should play, but he's got a quad strain. He keeps re-injuring it. Uh, so we'll see on that. But So let's get started with Sanders. Okay. Uh, we had said on our show a couple weeks ago, the expectation is that he would return for the bye. Nothing has changed. Okay. Uh, he participated in Money's workout. I expect him to practice later today. Uh, now, even if he's limited, as long as on Friday he takes – we'll know. We'll, we'll have that for a Sunday show. Um, as long as he takes all the reps on Friday, he's playing. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to Jeffrey. So, again, we, we, we said a couple weeks ago, 
uh, pretty strongly the Eagles expected Jeffrey to return after the bye against the Giants. Now, I did say then that's barring a setback. So I, I don't know right now, Jeff, why he wouldn't play, but I, I've I don't know what this Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say any more about this guy. I mean, it's 11 months now. I know it's a calf injury. Now, the foot injury healed about a month ago. I, I don't know what to say. I, I yeah, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a unique situation, Adam. Um, this is one of the few guys that we sometimes get either differing information on or even have a different view of, right? I've said all along, I, I just never felt he was going to play this year for the Eagles. Where did you come up with that, by the way? Well, like as I've explained many times, I just felt like... Got feeling? Got feeling? It's part gut feeling, part the vibe you get. Sometimes you don't get the full story, but you talk to okay. enough people where, oh, okay. Okay. where where you kind of form your own opinion based on what you hear. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. again, and I'll go back to this. He, he has guaranteed money on his contract for next year, right? No, not guaranteed. He has, not, he has money left on his contract for next year. If he's on the team next year, he's making money. So the Eagles don't want him to make that money, you would think, because they want to move on, right? But if he gets oh. hurt... Right now, oh. if he gets a real catastrophic injury, let's say he breaks his leg, let's say he has the same as Frank, and he ha- that means you can't cut him w- for free. You would have got to pay right. him He's with got an injury. Passive physical, right? It, it, by right. the way, that rarely happens when a player can. I mean, it just it really happens. But um, right. for twenty one, for twenty one, the the the, uh, the guaranteed money is gone. But the problem is, um, it, it, the problem is because of the the, the acceleration. Um, of um, up from the restructure, there, there's a lot of you know. Obviously, there's going to be a cap hit, but then what they'll do is if they cut them, like we expect. Mm-hmm. Plus, remember, Jeff, they've got the dead money from the the uh, dead year, the um, dummy years because of the restructure, right? So that they're just have to you know they'll use the June post June one rule, and that that's what they'll do to split to split it up. But it is what it is. They 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 know this, uh, not, not a secret, and they'll just have to live with it. But just getting back to the situation with him playing or not. I just don't understand why he wouldn't be ready um, unless he has a setback. Now, you're, you're kind of well, hinting. I know you're not reporting this, but you're kind of hinting that you just wonder if he either A, wants to play, or B, is there something else behind door number two? I, I don't know. Right. I, I well, do. think about it. On Monday, 
the Monday after the bye week, okay. they had a light practice, kind of yeah. like a 10, 10, 10, just, just a light practice, yeah. right? Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey didn't participate in it. Now, in the practice of the walkthrough, do they ever walk? Through? The, I'm sorry, the walkthrough. He did. Okay. Not, I don't think he, whatever they did on Monday, I, I was told he did not participate in. Really? Yes. I just don't understand. I, I, right. Again, right. why do you think I throw my hands up? I don't know what this, I, I'm, I'm puzzled by this because um, I'm a pretty strong source on this. I'll leave it at that. And this person's been right on everything, so I don't know why. But again, you, you, you've detailed this really interestingly. I, I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. Let me add one more element to this sure. story. All right. If okay. you're Alshon Jeffrey, you know you're getting cut this offseason, correct? You would think. I don't right. know you what. you got a pretty strong, like, uh, I don't know what they've told him. See, I'm not privy to it because we, we, we're not there yet. I haven't even well, asked Well, come on. Let, let's year. talk in reality. I mean, Alshon well, the reality is he won't be on the team. team. Obviously, he's not going to be on the team next year. There's no chance. But Right. Cut but, or traded. Okay. But, right, right. Yeah, he's 30. He's, so he's let me let, let me get off. into what I'm gonna the point I'm Go gonna ahead. make. Go ahead. He, you're not gonna be on the Eagles next year. Okay. You're also gonna be in a contract year. If you're getting traded, it's your last year. If you're cut, you need a new contract. So do you want to risk going out there like I just said, getting hurt, going into a already tumultuous offseason where some teams are gonna not have as much money as they expect because of COVID? And the and the salary cap going down. Do you want? Does it make sense to go out there and play as you've mentioned? You know, backup X, ten to twelve yeah. snaps a game, potentially get hurt again, or do you just? Does it make sense to keep your body fresh, as fresh as can be, not play, and at least you go into this year's off season with no medical questions about you? I think that there. So I'm not. Again, that's a vibe I get from being a reporter for a long time. Yeah. That everybody thinks in terms of dollars and cents. Intuition, not just, right. not Intuition. just the players. So does the, so does the GM. The GM may not want to have him get hurt and have to pay him next I, I, year. That so. I, that I, I could just tell you from a front office standpoint, they definitely want him to play. Yeah. This isn't this isn't a Le'Veon Bell situation where he had falling out with a head coach. Okay. He looked bad, and they also because of the potential of him to suffer a debilitating injury where he couldn't pass a physical the next right. spring. Um, I, I just don't get the sense that they don't want him to play. I, I don't I haven't got that all along. I've asked the right questions. It's just that I think people close to the situation expect him to play, and then you know, you've got your information. And I'll, I'll say, we're, let, let, let me let's move this forward so we can move on. Let me ask mm-hmm. you this question: If he plays this week, the next week, because people want to know this, they they asked us on our show on the Fanatic. You and I got a very healthy discussion on Monday night. How much, like, how much would you play him if he's physically ready? How much would you play him behind Fulgham? All right, so I have to now wear a hat like a, a coach because you know I, I wouldn't well, want to play I mean, him hey, anyway. Hey, people want to know for fantasy too. People want to killing me with this question. Oh, for fantasy, I, he's not a. I mean, what? No, no. Not, but how much will he cut into Fulgham's raw at X? Do you think, if at all? I, I, I don't think he will. I think if Alshon Jeffrey plays a few snaps at X, they're just going to move Fulgham some to either. Z or Y or stack formation. They'll do something to get him on the field also. I don't, I don't think it has to be one or the other. There's a couple other guys you can get off the field. Okay. You know, Greg Ward can come off the field. Yeah. So right. high t- or you can play four wide receivers and go 10 personnel. I mean, okay. there's a whole, gotcha. whole lot of things you can do. Right. Very well said. Good stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, All right. so, well, by the way, and we'll really get – I mean, listen, I, I could be stone cold wrong, and we could probably get a good idea again with our Friday morning pod if we know that he did something Wednesday and Thursday – then you know, then it looks more and more like he'll play. Sure. If he, if he's practicing in full. Yeah, yeah. And again, just to, so we can move to to Ertz and some of the other players, it's the calf. It's not the foot. 
Right. Um, he was close. I mean, once the foot got right, it's amazing. Like the timing is like he had a, then he had a calf injury. Don't, don't ask. I don't know what the hell. I just don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. I, I don't, I believe it's real. I mean, people have asked me if he's faking. I go, no, he's not faking. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real injury. It, it's a calf strain. I just don't understand like why it's taking so long. And they felt pretty good before the buy that he was going to play. And there it is. So we'll see. Uh, okay. Ertz, remember, he's got the high ankle sprain. He cannot play this week because it's the third game of the, uh, the IR rule. He's mm-hmm. eligible to come off against the Browns. I was told at the time of the injury, it's four to six weeks. Uh, it, this will be on the lower end. He had a very similar injury to Christ, Christian McCaffrey, same area on his ankle. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't put a high probability of him playing against Cleveland. But with Zach's ability to come back early, and he's done that over his career, I wouldn't rule him out. I, 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 don't, count, I, I don't count him out for anything because he's pretty tough. Okay. How about the O-line with, with uh, Lane Johnson and Jack Driscoll? Yeah, so both right tackles. So let's start with the starter, Lane Johnson, with the, the ankle surgery, the uh, tight rope he had in August, mid-August. You know, he came back too early, toughed it out as he always does. He's got this MCL sprain. He's very questionable to play this week, Jeff. As I understand it, we'll see. I mean, it's okay. he kept having the setback with the ankle, and then he then he had the MCL sprain. <laughs> And, you know, we know Lane. I mean, he's a tough guy. He wants to play. Um, he's got to show me something. He's got to get on the – he won't play if he doesn't practice. Simple as that. I mean, we – I'd still say very questionable because he's got – I don't I, – I, I strongly suspect either one or the other has not healed yet. I, I don't know if it's the ankle or the knee. Well, the MCL should be good with – that should be good by now. But, again, he's got two injuries he's come back from. We'll see how he's listed later today on the injury report, and we'll see if he's practiced. But I'm not giving the green light yet, not, not based on what I've heard. He's got to show me something. And then Jack Driscoll – um, my good friend Chris Bornson from ESPN reported it was a two-week injury for Jack Driscoll. So by that time frame, he should be available this week, but we don't know yet. Now, here's the question. If Lane is not available and Driscoll's available, and obviously uh, Matt Pryor, and if Samalo mm-hmm. plays, like I believe he'll play, barring setback, what do you do at right tackle? So you're asking, is it my, my Lada or is it Jack Driscoll? Correct. The, so the, the real question is, is my Lada – I'm finally saying that correctly now. Jordan my Lada, yes. Yes. Is Jordan Mailata really this backup swing tackle, or is he really the backup left tackle? Ah, see? That's because this, you know how much this coaching staff liked – I mean, we've talked about it, and you saw it in the season opener. This staff really likes Jack Driscoll at right tackle. Really likes him. Right. But I'd rather – here's the thing, though. I lo- and, and, yes, Driscoll has is, is got versatility. He, once he puts on more girth, more weight, he'll probably play guard, too, because that's yeah, what I they want so. him to do. Mm-hmm. But um, – I think they got to go with Mylotta, but I'll, I'm actually pretty certain of it. That that's their plan, but we'll we'll get this confirmed once we get through. If Lane's playing, then we don't have to worry about that. But um, although actually we need to find out anyway if, if if he's the as you you outlined it very well, is he just a backup left tackle or is he the backup at both positions? We'll find out. Uh, defensively, Malik Jackson. Wait, real quick though, yeah. let's answer two questions really okay. quick because these might be part of our our people ask, but I think they're okay. pertinent to the discussion. Go. If, I, if Isaac Zayamalu is coming off the um, injured reserve, somebody has to get cut. So you said it would probably be Brett Toth, right? Yeah. Oh, I said this on Monday's show. I, we were going for the roster. I just talked about who's, who made sense. Yeah, I if, think that if, makes sense. Right. If Lane is available, Jack Driscoll is available, they have so many linemen. Right. So who's also inactive? So let's say Toth is the guy that's cut. All right. Well, let me ask you this. It's yeah. either Quez Watkins or Toth to me. When, when I looked at the roster – uh-huh. The, 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 it just made sense because Toth has no chance to get even dress if everybody's available. Whereas Quez Watkins, okay, the, he's been inactive lately. You get Jeffrey back. 
He certainly won't dress. Who's got, well, let me ask this question because this is the way front offices look at this. Who's got more value to them? God, I mean, not neither has much, but it would. I mean, why would you long have term, long term act? Uh, yeah, I guess that that's the question. Do you risk losing one of these guys? Right. I don't exactly. really worry Playing about. Waivers, I'm sorry, right? but I don't. I don't right. really worry about losing Brett Toth. I mean, they lost him once. It's not like exactly right. Exactly. You know, plus, you, you've you, got yeah, exactly. yeah, you got your starting five, and how many are you gonna have active in the game? Because your backups. Let's say Lane Johnson plays, okay. and let's say Sam Allo plays. Then your backups are Mylotta. Pryor mm-hmm. and Driscoll, right? That's your three backups right there. So Opeta's not going to uh, – is Opeta on the 53 right now? I think yes, he, he is, is right? Yes, yes. Well, he may have to – I mean, how many, how many guys are you going to keep? You have – Toth is gone because you assume that if uh, say Malo comes off, Toth has to go. And I'm missing somebody, right? We've got – Peter Yeah, Opeta. Cal- Opeta. Yeah, yeah. Right. You've got – Mylotta, Driscoll, six, and Pryor. Seven, That's eight, four backups nine. right there. Nine, ten. They've got a le- yeah. They've really got eleven offensive line on the on the fifty three. They yeah. don't need that. No. So, so Toth would probably be gone. Yeah, it would. It and maybe Opeta too. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. And maybe perhaps Opeta as well would just not be active. I don't know. Or or not. I don't think they'll do this because they played him a little bit. Uh, J- Jason Huntley. I mean, he's really not needed. Because <laughs> because if Huntley was returning, okay, if he was returning kicks or punts, that gives him that gives him a reason to keep him. But he's not. No, right? he's not doing anything. He's yeah, really not. So, he's just taking up a roster spot. Yeah, so let's go to defense, right? All right, real quick, though, let's remind our friends uh, about PHLSportsNation.com, enhancing the fan experience with their coverage of all four Philly sports teams, including the Union, so make it five. They are for the fan, by the fan. That's their motto, so make sure you're checking them out. Also find them on Twitter, at PHLSportsNation. And let's pause real quick for another word from our great Hi, this is quarterback Carson Wentz. I'm here to tell you about my friends at Sky Motor Cars. Sky Motor Cars is the premier luxury car dealership in the greater Philadelphia area that promises to provide honest and efficient service whether you're buying, selling, or trading in your car. Go visit skymotorcars.com to learn more. And when you buy or sell your next vehicle with Sky, tell them Carson sent you. Hey, it's Jeff Mosher. Adam Kaplan and I love using Anchor for our Inside the Birds podcast every week. It's so user-friendly, anyone can create their own podcast, and you should too. Just download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor gives you everything you need to start your own podcast from your phone or computer. Its creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast for a professional sound And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many other platforms. It can be heard by everyone, just like Inside the Birds. You can also make money from your pod with no minimum listenership. What are you waiting for? Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to create your podcast today. Sponsors, including our friends at Sky Motor Cars. All right, let's get into the injuries on defense, Adam, because it's not as long as of a list uh, as the offense. Exactly. <laughs> let's so start at Malik, the line with – go ahead, Malik Jackson. Yeah, you got Malik Jackson with a quadricep strain. He, he, it keeps recurring. It keeps catching him during the game. Going into the week, my sense is he'll play, the barring setback. Mm-hmm. I don't feel strongly as, say, Malo or Sanders or – I haven't hmm. hesitate about Jeffrey. I don't I'm waving the flag, man. I, I kind of like, I, I don't know what to think. It just bothers me. You're going to come around my way eventually, Adam. <laughs> I, you know what? You know, I'll tell you what, I should have. I, I, I heard you just because 
I mean, you, you have to understand with Jeffrey, it's like they, they have the information. They have the best information possible on Jeffrey because they're, they're around him. Sure. And they, the, the medical staff says, oh, yeah, definitely within six weeks. I still have never gotten a straight answer. I don't, I don't know if you have on why he was not available within the six weeks. Because based on his trajectory where he's really doing well, they, they thought it was a cinch. Well, the calf thing, the calf thing kind of came up. I mean, no, that, yeah, but know. it didn't within the six weeks. I don't think. Oh, I guess it did not. No, yeah. no. Well, you know, I don't know. Conditioning. Maybe they didn't feel the conditioning was there. But, but at anyway, the time. who knows? Malik Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. They they do expect him as of now as a Wednesday morning. The trajectory is for him to play, but he needs. He's also needs to get through. But I feel least confident of all of them just because it keeps happening. He just needs to not have it happen. Uh, but quite frankly, they're going to have to sign Hester off the practice squad or elevate him. One of the two. Someone's got Rayquan Williams. Someone has to be elevated. They can't go in the game with the, just three, considering Jackson's injury. A no, they the can't. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, unless they, they, they feel like they're going to get into more of a NASCAR-like look on third down and play some defensive ends on the inside, then they could get away with it. Although the Giants run the ball a decent amount, so I would want four defensive tackles, just to be sure. Okay. Yeah, you, you really have to be safe. Uh at corner, LeBlanc with the quadriceps and Craig James with the hamstring. We don't know much on those guys yet. We'll follow up uh, from what we learn on Wednesdays and Thursdays practice and how they look from our from our people. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Craig James. It, see, the thing is, for for Jaquette not to be brought up, one of the two has to play, or he's going to be brought up again. They're just right. they have to, right? Because they're just sure they're they're too short on corners and, and literally too short because some of these guys are short. Anyway, our uh, friend Devonte Busby was available. You know, yeah. uh, if you go claimed. back to the days, he, yeah, got, he got claimed by who? Who claimed? He got him? claimed by Denver, who we were used to be. But no, what I, right. what I meant was, you know, w- with um, some of the Eagles' corners are not very tall, other than Slay, right? And when you've got Darius Slayton, who's six feet, um, they got a couple. Giants have a couple guys who are over six feet. Mm-hmm. You know, you you and also when you try to match up on tight ends and man, I'll tell you what 88 uh, Ingram is starting to really come on here. And of course we know he dropped the touchdown pass against the giants though, Jeff. So um, Eagles are going to be challenged, man. The giants are no joke. We'll have more on the, on our preview on Friday, man, but they're, they're starting to play well under Joe. Don't be the judge. All right. We will clearly have more information on these injuries yeah. uh, on our next podcast that drops Friday morning. I think we'll have a great idea on who's really going to be in and who's going to be out mm-hmm. and we'll follow up on that and of course we'll have the practice reports as well uh let's get into the q a session that we promised ask itb taking a lot of questions from our facebook community page we're going to start off with a question from benjamin gold it's a great question uh why have the eagles been comfortable with this group of running backs what are they seeing that is telling them this is good enough it's a good point because i'm not sure adam that they are seeing something that's telling them it's good enough, but I think they're going forward with this plan anyway. I mean, we know finances played a role earlier in the offseason and how this, how this running back group looked. They were not going to spend a whole lot of money on backup running back. They made a couple of bids, they got outbid, and they didn't make an aggressive move after to make sure that they got, the, got a guy. Yeah, so, you know, I put on our show three weeks ago, all I said was, I didn't say the Eagles told me this, but – I thought Bo Scarborough, if the Lions would cut him, would be a good guy to bring in. We had a bunch of questions about this. The Eagles have not brought him in for workout, no, nothing. So they're clearly not interested in the guy. So mm. I, I'm, mm. I'm puzzled by the fact that they've not brought a power back in. You know, it was one thing if Clement was a 17 Clement, then you don't need to do that. The coaches clearly don't believe in Clement enough to put him in. They just don't play him very little. He doesn't look bad lately when he's got in. Well, what do you think the role of a power back should be? 
close, help close, take a little bit of the wear and tear off Sanders, particularly in the fourth quarter. If they have a big lead, I, I get it, folks. The Eagles have to play like they ever get a big lead. But if they do, or just to give a little break for Sanders um, here or there, a couple carries here, a couple carries there, take the rushing load off when you need a inside runner, tough inside runner like Scarborough. Uh-huh. He's big and get to the second level, but they clearly don't believe that. For do whatever think, reason. Yeah, do you think speed is particularly important for this this kind of running no, back? No. So no. so what's wrong with Elijah Holyfield coming up and playing that? And role? he's not fast at all, but you're that's fair. I, I love but they, they clearly don't believe that. And and why is he even on a practice squad? I don't know. Like, what what's the point I here? <laughs> I, I, I I'm befuddled with this one because quite frankly, if I'm the Eagles, let's just assume they're gonna win a division. You definitely want to have some. You, you you might as well take a look at Holofield because what is Jason Huntley really giving you? Nothing. Zero. Zilch. Squat. Come on. Come yeah, on. I don't know. He's giving you a lot of really good forty time and uh, you know uh, and measurable stuff, I guess. But I don't. I don't. That, know. That's I mean, true. Look, it's an yeah. analytics. It definitely analytics had a, a, something to do with it because I, I talked to did. someone from another team who mm-hmm. mentioned that to me at the time of the transaction when they claimed him. Mm-hmm. That his his numbers, his analytic numbers were really strong. And we know now now I know he's explosive, but I mean what's he again to, to move on here? Yeah, he's not even returning punts or That's kicks it. or anything though. So what is he value, doing? Man. The Eagles right. are, it's what's interesting about this one, it's just studying them over the years, particularly since seventeen. Man, Peterson and his group of coaches are real big on versatility. Like you gotta do more than one thing, the more you can do. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it what does he do? What does Jason Huntley really do other than he's a change up, uh, you know. A couple times a game. I don't see it. Did you ever see the movie Office Space? Yes. You know when the two Bobs are interviewing uh, Smikowski and finally they get frustrated and they go, what is it would you say you actually do here? And he goes, I'm a people person. I can see just, just Huntley like yelling at you and me. I'm a running back, damn it. <laughs> well, what are you doing? You're I not do just... not know. IDK. <laughs> I do not know. All right. Well, that was a good question. And um, uh, I don't see – any other solution if they're not going to pick up Scarborough and they're not going to um, promote Holyfield then I don't really know if there's going to be anything I think this is your crew for for the rest of the year yeah and they, and, and and they also before we move on to the next question which is also really good mm-hmm. they clearly want a certain body type yet okay yet yet I think this is pretty telling though mm-hmm. Peterson before or it was in training camp I think or or in one of these Zoom sessions, it might have been in June. I don't remember the, when it was. But he made it pretty clear that he wanted uh, Carlos Hyde, okay, who's a power back, who's got versatility. Right. So, so I just don't understand why since then there are guys on the street with, with size. Yes. Lamar Miller's on the Bears practice squad. For the life of me, I don't know why the Bears haven't signed him or called him up. They, they, I know he's coming off ACL reconstruction. He's 30. But the guy's got really good versatility, high-character guy. I don't understand it, but – that's I didn't tough. even know Alfred Morris was in the league oh until God. the Giants called him up from did, their did, practice squad. Well, here's the funny thing on that that Giant game, that game against the the uh, Bucks, uh-huh. the Thursday night game. I see 41. You know, 41 is usually a DB's number. Occasionally, like 49 with uh, Singleton. Yeah, or a fullback. Uh, right, or fullback. Right, right, right. So 41. I'm like, oh, who is this guy? I go Morris. Oh my God, it can't be. <laughs> So I checked the roster. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Alfred Morris. This guy won't go away. It's Alfred Morris. Well, <laughs> I know. He's played for every single NFC East te- team uh, except for the Eagles now. So he'll have to finish. He's like the thing that, for, for those of you over 40, uh, remember the thing that wouldn't leave on, uh, on Saturday Night Live? Right. Anyway. Right. 
<laughs> All right, download the dra- the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code ITB for a special offer when you sign up. That's code ITB for a special offer when you sign up only at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, moving on to our next question from the Facebook uh, community page. It is uh, from Aaron P- Puga, who has uh, asked us questions before. Uh, he, he writes that, I felt that Graham, Brandon Graham, probably could have been a candidate to be a cap casualty this offseason. He's quietly having a career year. Do you think the Eagles are more likely to keep Graham as part of their future, or do you think they can let him walk and roll with Barnett and an extension for Sweat? Really good question. This is, yeah, and this combines Sean Wolford's question, um, who kind of asked similar questions. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Graham's going nowhere. He'll, he'll finish his career with an, as an Eagle, great Eagle, one of the better turnaround stories that was really not reported very much. Um, you see, he was drafted in 10. First two years were. I hate to say a disaster. They weren't very good. He had the ACL injury, a little bit immature off the field. He, he had some issues. He just got to, had, to, had to get his head straight. And when I say head straight, he just had to mature, okay? Um, whether he met his wife, whatever, became a father, whatever, c- certain turnarounds you just don't hear enough. But I heard pretty strongly back then that he finally got it. When he got it, he became a leader. It's, one of the, again, one of the more – impressive turnarounds of a guy look you remember he would go like he would block fans on twitter block reporters this is when he, he he had enough of the criticism and now he's just wonderful he's a wonderful guy really a high class guy and um will be in the eagles hall of fame someday and uh i still i still would argue he's better than jason pierre paul some people might not agree i get it's the earl thomas situation i understand also same draft but graham has been a graham is a star that not a lot of people know about outside philly or, or if you don't if you don't watch the Eagles, you don't know about him. But then other teams will tell you how much energy he brings. And he never – Jeff, he's so relentless on every play. I mean, it's – he's a great example to younger players. I mean, he, he definitely will not be going anywhere next year now. The question well, is, Jeff uh, – Well, I, you say that very confidently, but we also – I'm positive, 100% okay, positive. Okay, but, but then then, that, then you have to evaluate a little bit what kind of moves Howie can make because he, uh, he clearly has to be cap compliant which means he's going to have to shave off salary in a lot of different places. And there are guys like Jason Peters and Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, it's not going to be that difficult to get to the cap, but A, the cap might be lower, and B, you would always like to be a couple of several million under the cap so that you can make some moves. So if you really want to get in a position where you've been for the last few years where you have some flexibility and if you need a player, you can get one, how he's going to have to really make some difficult decisions. And you're, what you're saying is, I mean, is this sourced or are you just spe- like feeling it's like based on just- my conversations with people uh, with the Eagles, where I just feel like I, I kind of know how they feel about him. Okay. Now, now, now Derek Barnett, he's got a $10 million salary, which becomes fully guaranteed in, in first day for agency. So as I've said for months now, he'll not be an Eagle. They'll cut him. They'll trade him. They'll extend him and lower that cap number. He will not come back. He will not come back with that salary. There's just that cap number. They got to lower it. Right. Um, it could the cap for the Eagles could be in all teams could be as low as 175 million. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of work to do. They're, they're definitely going to have some tough decisions. Uh, but uh, Graham will retire an Eagle whenever he decides to retire. I, I wouldn't have said that. Now I will tell you just before we move on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have said that before the season started. I wasn't totally sure about Brandon. But this is as Aaron said, and I totally agree. He's actually quietly having his best season of his career. Who does this at 32 years old at that position? All the way no, around here. it is very rare, right. It reminds me of, uh, I mean, Andrew Whitworth has certainly been a player who's gotten, seemingly gotten better as he's gotten older. So that, that's another example. But um, no, that's fair. I, and, and to get to Sean Wolford's question, which is tied in, do you see Sweat 
being likely for an extension? Because we've talked about him with the knee and the bone on bone and wondering if you're ever really going to get uh, a second contract. However, he's a good enough player, Adam, that, you know, I think maybe you could get like a, you can sometimes sign role players to extensions for, for sure. really team friendly exactly. uh, money. Exactly. So it's right. possible that, right. that Josh could be extended. Sure. Year. After the season, they have to wait three years and this will be after the season. So right. I think both could, Sean, answer your question. It's just, this is more for the for off season when we'll we'll delve on this probably after we get through any if the Eagles make the playoffs but then they lose we'll we'll get we'll start to get in because we'll get into coaching stuff then more and uh, then we'll start turning the page to free agency and what restructures they'll have to do who's going to be cut but I, they they love Sweat um, the Seahawks called for for Sweat and Barnett a couple other teams mm-hmm. did in fact actually more than a couple other teams my understanding is the most calls Eagles got were on the D line because they have the deepest D line in the National Football League. And they figured out, hey, Philly's got Burnett. They need to make a decision on him. He's playing really well. Let's just call. That's Teams smart. are asking. Teams are yeah. asking. Sure. That is very smart. All right, let's move on to our next question from Nathan Goffnett. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Yeah. If uh, TJ Edwards and Alex Singleton continue to play well during Nate Gary's IR absence, does Gary get um, – I think the word he meant is uh, relegated – to yeah, depth, yeah. To, to the third linebacker personnel, right. or is Jim Schwartz going to continue to support his this guy is, and play Gary? Yeah, this is Great a, such question, a man. Well, it, it's really not his guy. It's uh, Ken, Ken Flagel's guy. Yeah, Ken Flagel. Yeah, that's really the reason. And um, yeah, Schwartz, Schwartz's call, but Flagel's the one who pushes for Gary and he gets what he wants there. So um, this is a tough question. It's a really fair, great question, really, Nathan. Um, what do you got on this one? I I, keep... I, I suspect that Edwards and, and – first of all, Jim Schwartz had a press conference this week. And yep, he on did Monday. Yeah. Uh, speak very highly of TJ Edwards and of Singleton. Not that, but he was asked about those two in particular. It was not like he was throwing Gary under the bus. Yeah. But I, my feeling is that as long as the team is playing well for the next week or two, and by playing well I just mean holding the fourth down, those two linebackers, then it's their jobs to lose. But I do think you'll see Gary mixed in potentially in certain sub packages where they feel he might be better equipped. You know, certainly as a dime linebacker, that's not really TJ Edwards' strength. Right, right now it's been Alex Singleton, but I don't think they went into the year thinking Alex Singleton was a, a dime type of linebacker either. So I could I could see them minimizing – sometimes you have to take a player, Adam, who's supposed to just be a specialty player anyway and just put him in that role. I've mentioned this a couple of times, right? Uh, several years ago, Chip Kelly took Nolan Carroll and he made him like a Jack linebacker. He took him out of the yes. um, outside and he put Billy him Davis did. Yeah, Billy oh, yeah, Davis. Billy Davis. That's yeah. true. Whoever's idea it was, but it was a really good idea because Carroll was a a way better short area coverage guy, and it wound and he was a good blitzer too. And you can blitz from that spot. So with Gary, I think you can put him in the dime and have him kind of just relegated to that as your dime linebacker, instead of having to play him the whole game, three downs and, and ex- risk him getting exploited. Okay. Yeah. To me though, when they're two linebackers, they got to assuming Edwards and Singleton continue to play well, they should, they have to be, they're better than Gary. It's not even, it's not even up to debate. They're just better football players. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I, you know, I get Flagel's point about Gary's, smart and he gets things set up co- correctly but you know what mm-hmm. it's about performance he's just not good enough when it, you compare yeah. Edwards is a good find for them so singleton he not that he's a star not that they're ideally what you want but for what they need they're okay 
and they're they're right. both getting better. It's been a you know both were unheralded guys, guys who were totally on the radar. And Edwards, as you 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 told us back in the spring, lost weight and he looks good. Yeah, yeah, I think they're perfect for the nickel because in nickel, which you're in most of the time, it's first and second down. You want some guys who can stop the run, but also be athletic enough to to run with some tight ends and because a lot of teams pass first and second. But Gary is perfect for when it's third and six or longer and you want as much coverage on the field uh, with your four-man rush and you just want to get covered guys out there and you just put them out there and, and have them run with either a running back or a tight end. I think that's, that's the best use for them. Okay. All right, next question comes from Nick Fairman, and he says, what's the biggest positive about the season thus far? I think we all need a little talking off the ledge. And, Adam, I've, said that, I've answered this question many times. He's the story of the season, in my uh-huh. opinion. There, there really, there's one big story of the year, like feel-good story, and then even the second one doesn't compare. Oh, I, I, it's got to be Nate Herbert. Got to be. No, I'm just kidding. No, absolutely. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be Fulgham. I've never heard of a story like this. I mean, a team claiming a guy off waivers, they cut him. He comes back. He becomes not only their best receiver, one of their best football players. This doesn't happen. It's not like the Eagles have a bad roster. They have a good roster. You know, it's one thing if this is an expansion team and, oh, he's sticking out like a sore thumb, but they're a bad team. The Eagles haven't clearly played to their their roster uh, construction yet. They should be way better than they are, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And you can listen to those two shows with Jeff and I did – our previous two shows on offense and defense where we broke down everything uh, for the first half and what the, the second half should look like. Uh, Fulgham is just a, looks like he could be a star player. I mean, it's crazy to say that, but you know, I, I, I've asked people, I asked Greg Cosell this question. Nobody could seem to find a weakness with this kid. I mean, how do you explain this? <laughs> I don't, I don't know how. I think that's what makes it such a great story is that it, it defies any real logical explanation I, I sometimes wonder what the Lions and the Packers are thinking as they're watching this. Not that those two – look, the Packers have Devontae Adams, the Lions yeah. have Galladay, who's hurt, but Marvin Jones. It's not like they're all hurting for good pass targets. No, but, but, still, but, 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 but still, who would want to not have Travis Fulgham? Exactly. And I don't know – you know, I, I did say when at the time that I, you know, I'd heard that they felt like he kind of needed to move on. He needed a, a change of scenery. Nothing yeah. bad. He just could also be something you say when you don't really know. You know, you know well, what I'm no, saying? He, like, he just wasn't. He wasn't moving up at all like he did here, where he just balled out, as they say. Right. Um, look, they cut him twice. They, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll 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 know more as the you know as I we we plug our line sources. We'll we'll learn more about it. But it's been really mm-hmm. one of the more remarkable stories during the Peterson era here. I'm really I I I, I don't quite frankly I, I don't remember anything like this before here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a pretty cool story. And then I would say, obviously, um, my lotta has been a great story. We because you know the, yeah. the one about that one is we had no idea what to expect because he never played before, right? And it's been quite the story. I mean, it's certainly not perfect. He he's ways to go, but the the, the job that he did against Pittsburgh really was remarkable. Uh, didn't didn't see that. I thought he'd get housed, and he didn't. Right. And uh, good did also did a good job. It wasn't his fault. It was Jermon Brown's fault. He did a good <laughs> job there. The, the the next game against the Giants wasn't so good. Uh, I get that, but um, that that's a great story. Sweat continues to play well. Jeff, who else do you like? Who's been a good? Well, story? I would say if you know, it's like a tie for second as far as feel good stories between Jordan Mailata. I would say Darius Slay being Darius Slay, yeah. everything the Eagles needed from a corner. You know, because there have been so many failures at, at corner acquisitions in the past, that it's great that he lived up so far to the hype. And then I would also say Brandon Graham's career season. Uh. Yeah. is probably a nice – but I still think all of that is a distant second to Travis Fulgham. 
Yes, and I would also add Ryan McLeod playing McLeod, way better nice. than I expected. Yeah I, yeah, I didn't see this. He's doing a great job. That would mm-hmm. be a good story. The two linebackers we talked about, Edwards and Singleton, particularly Singleton because, I mean, he was one of their best linebackers in training camp along with Edwards, and they, for whatever reason, Flagel wouldn't play him, and now he got forced to, and now he's a player. Uh, so uh, Derek Barnett, also another good story. He, he, he came in a little bit underweight, I'm told, in training camp, and uh, also he was down for six weeks. So you didn't really know what he can do this season. He, he's looked good. He's been very consistent, which is very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate Herbig also a good story because he, he he never played before really and he got a chance to play that's been a good story Greg Ward just been very very steady under discussed he's done a good job yeah um yeah. I mean these are people who are just doing good jobs or okay yeah, I mean, they're not they're all, all great feel good yeah. stories but all good okay stories. Yeah. all right uh next question is a really good one Adam I know you're gonna have a lot to say on this one right. it comes from Kyle Martin and Kyle asks, what was the dynamic between John DiFilippo and Doug Peterson? Is there any possibility Peterson can pluck DiFilippo from Chicago, promote him to uh, offensive coordinator or assistant head coach, assuming that Deuce would, you know, get a chance somewhere next year? And I think you have the resounding answer to that question, right? Yeah, I don't think he's I, – I, I think that ship sailed. They had an opportunity to bring him back in. Uh, they – I mean, I know that both sides are friendly and they talk, you know, like coaches do, but I, I don't, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Right. Uh, probably. In fact, I, I just, it was never really discussed seriously. Um, probably would have been remember, smarter, if, you know, if they went yeah, after him, but well, when he left, you, you can't blame the Eagles too much. They didn't have an offense coordinator vacancy. Frank Reich was still with the Eagles when DeFilippo left. It wasn't until Josh McDaniels, reneged on the Colts job that it forced the Colts around. to have to find a head coach, right, right. which was very late into the process. Then they hired Frank Reich. But by then, John Filippo had already, I believe, gotten a job with Jacksonville, was it? No, no, no. That was Minnesota. It was Minnesota. I'm sorry, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Minnesota, right. Yeah, so it's, it's not like the Eagles passed on him. They had an offensive coordinator at the time. Right. No, what they could have – no, the only thing they could have done is and said, hey, John, if Frank doesn't get the job with the Colts, uh, no, 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 no. If, he didn't if, even uh, interview, though, at that time. I can't remember. The timing was just crazy. The timing. Remember, between, McDaniels you know, reneged. This came because McDaniels right, had to right, wait, right. go to the Super Bowl first. This was like right. four weeks after the Super right. Bowl. Right. Uh, yeah. He was long gone. Yeah. Right. McDaniels verbally agreeing. He changed his mind, <laughs> right. uh, which is bizarre. But uh, and the funny thing about that story is Frank was not even on the radar. Just uh, it was all Josh McDaniels. And then some right. people got involved and uh, you you know, vouch for Frank and it's been a good, mm-hmm. good story. He's been done a really good job there, but yeah, I just don't, um, it's weird. Cause, cause first of all, Doug Peterson's not giving up play calling. That won't happen. And right. DeFlippo is, you know, he's, you know, he, he had the situation in Minnesota. He's known as the best quarterback developer in the national football league. That's not me saying it. it's other people he's worked with and also mm-hmm. people who know him. And if, uh, you talk to other teams of know how good of a coach the guy is. But um, I don't see it. I, I, I've run up the flagpole, and everything I've heard is like they kind of like their own guys. And well, we'll see how that works out after the season. You know, we, we've talked yeah. about the situation. Wentz well, has got to get together, to, and coaches yeah. got to push him to do it. But um, you know, DeFlippo's with Chicago, and they have their own challenges. They've had a three-game losing streak. They, they can't block anybody. The problem is, the Foles is under siege every game. They just can't. They lost three offensive line starters. They're struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the problem there. But uh, look, he's they—they they all got along with him. I mean, it's that—that's not the issue. The issue is like they. Doug has a history of he doesn't want to go back to other coaches. He 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 likes to promote from within, or 
they want to bring new coaches in. That's just kind of the way they do it. I, now, I don't know if anyone, everyone agrees with that, but that's just kind of the way they do it. As far as Deuce, um, I, I, had a, I had a couple of people with Eagles tell me that they think he's going to be a really good head coach because he's got such great command and players mm-hmm. respond to him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been no talk ever about him being an OC anywhere, just so you know. I mean, no one's, no people from other teams have never brought it up to me, ever. Right. So. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there'll certainly be a, a certain number of uh, vacancies this year. He should. He's league, got, so we'll see, see. see, the NFL has got to do a better job of, of not only identifying minority candidates, talk to anybody with the Eagles who's worked with him. Mm-hmm. Deuce is a potential superstar head coach. I'm telling you, he's really good. He's yeah. got, he's a teacher. You, you know, you've covered him before. I, I actually know some, I've, I, I have an idea of what his staff might look like if he's a head coach. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. He, I mean, the guy with me, some of the guys. Yeah. Okay. So, so look, the guys, are, the, you know, the, the league's got to do a better job identifying candidates, not just minority candidates. He should be on lists. They really, they needed they, for the fact that he's never been on lists other than he interviewed for the, the Eagles head coaching job right. uh, after Chip got fired. Right. Um, they, they needed the, 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 the NFL search committee needs to do a better job. Period. End of story. All right. Um, we got a couple more questions left. Reminder, get that 20% off and free shipping using the promo code ITB at manscaped.com. You get your lawnmower, your crop cleanser, your crop care kit, your refined cologne, your, uh, what is it what we always talk about? The uh, ear and nose hair trimmer, which is called their weed whacker. All that great stuff. The holidays are coming up. 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code ITB. All right, next question comes from Corey Shaw. Uh, he mentions that he knows that they've changed the medical staff several times the past few years, uh, and he's wondering if there's anything else they can implement to help avoid so many injuries and anything that they stopped doing when Chip left that might change for the positive, might help change for the positive. In fact, I don't think most people realize this, Adam, but Jeffrey Lurie maintained a lot of what Chip Kelly brought to the Eagles from a sports science standpoint, even after he fired Chip, he kept Sean Holes on for quite a while. He kept, uh, the, you know, the whole slushies thing that everybody got a big kick out of, the personalized slushies that the, you, the guys drink after practice. You know, it's funny. Other teams do it. I've seen them at practices. It's, it's kind of yeah. funny. Yeah. You, you know, uh, every team has sports science just for the record. Um, right. But they've made they, – they, Chip – I mean, Chip. Jeff made a concerted effort to keep a lot of that in place. Okay. Uh, even after firing Chip. So I don't know if there's anything that they necessarily need to go back to from the Chip Kelly era, as he asked in the question. Um, and again, like this year is a hard year to really have that discussion because the Eagles, while they've had so many injuries, are not alone. I mean, I think a lot of people who we talk to think that the adjust note the, the adjusted training camp, the no OTAs, the lack of conditioning yep. that yep. players would normally have going this year – have led to not just the Eagles being, I mean, the 49ers have been decimated. John Lynch said that, you know, Jeff, yeah. John Lynch said that uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, exactly what you just said, that not having all this. And, and you, when you don't have your players in your building and you're not supervising them, you do worry about that. How the, you, Cause you have to find out how they're training. So yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it's a good question, Corey it really is. But uh, I expect if we have a, a normal off season that you will not see as many players hurt because I do, I've heard really good things. Jeff and I did a show, mm-hmm. After the 18th season, we were very critical of the medical staff because we had great intel on it. Uh, it was the sprawls seemingly taking forever to come back. Um, the way that it just was agents reach out to us and we're crushing the Eagles medical staff. 
Mm-hmm. And I think some of it was unfounded. I, I just check into it. Like, agents get pissed off because it's their players, but some was definitely true. And, you know, the Eagles knew that things had to get better. And they, they, uh, they brought two guys in wrath because the Rams, Jeff, and the Vikings, if you ranked the top five teams that have the least amount of players on the injury report every week, Rams are typically number one. Vikings are like mm-hmm. three or four. It's just amazing that I don't know why some teams do it better than others. So right. what do the Eagles do? They knew this, and they brought those guys in. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, it certainly hasn't helped them curtail the injuries, but as you mentioned, guys have come back. Like Jalen Rager has twice come back from an injury faster than people thought. And so we haven't had anyone out other than Alshon with his weird situation. Nobody's Nothing really has taken longer. Right, Nothing longer taken than longer. we thought. Right. right. Okay, next question from Steven Seligman. Is there any push from Jeffrey Lurie or Howie to organize the coaching structure differently, like having a defined Ooh. offensive coordinator? Ooh, this is a good question. I would say, Steven, I would say not, not in season it won't happen. Right. But I think you're on the right track here. If if they don't make the playoffs, then we could see Armageddon. I mean, you know, just I mean, well, yeah, we, you, you using logic. About this yeah. lot, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, using logic, Steve, and we all know if they don't make the playoffs with all the money they've invested into this roster, the, the uh, Jeffrey is very proactive. We know he got involved in the coaching, the, the coaching firings. It was came from him. He pushed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody knows this. It's been written. It's speculated. Said reported we know that so we know that Jeffrey gets involved mm-hmm. um, if the offense does not improve significantly from what it's been in the first half I do believe there'll be an OC next year I do uh, I, I don't see how you don't um, it's a great question one we have not really talked about before but just knowing the way it works very few teams in the National Football League don't have an OC or like okay in, in New Orleans Sean Payton calls the plays but um, he has an OC uh, Pete Carmichael's been with him for several years, who helps him game plan, but Sean calls the plays. Um, look, you could give whoever it's going to be, if it's Press Taylor still with them next season, you could either, if they think he's doing a good job, they could promote him to OC and have even more, more input. Or it could be Rich Gangarello, or it could be someone from another team. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't rule anything out. If this offense doesn't go to play the level that the owner and Roseman and the front office expects, I do believe you're going to see some changes in offense. In fact, I, mm-hmm. you, you could take that to the bank. They, I mean, nobody's yeah. th- no one's going to put up with this. This, this like is we, not, they, they've underachieved significantly. There's no excuse for it. Right. Like I don't want to say, hear the injuries. Every team has injuries. Come on. Like we say all the time, they won the division last year and fired three coaches, right? Two years ago, they made the playoffs. They fired, I think, two coaches. So if they – even if they make the playoffs this year, if they continue to underperform and that's the real bottom line here, then there's going to be changes because that's what the Eagles do. And that, and that I'm not saying it's not needed. I'm just saying that's the history of the organization. Exactly. But, but I could tell you the underachievement of this offense. It's not just injuries, folks. Is it a part of it? Sure. Okay. Let me just, let me just edit my, what I said a minute ago. Injuries certainly have a, a, a part in it, but the underachievement against Dallas. Okay. That can't happen. And is Wentz playing well? No, he's not. But there's the, it, it's Carson's – we've outlined – You could hear, if you haven't heard our, our show that we did last week, I suggest you listen to it. We outlined everything we've heard from everyone we've talked to about why Wentz is struggling. Some of it's on him. Some of it's on coaching. Things could be better. But we can't keep blaming certain things. At some point, coaching matters, and it always matters. And it's got to be better. Simple as that. All right.
Moving on to uh, a question from Levon Nelson. I think I got that. Levon, Levon, Levon. Levon Nelson. This is a great question, by the way. I, Levon, I, I don't know yeah. why I even thought of this. Go ahead. Thinking about Elton John right now. Levon. Levon. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. All right. He asks, do you believe that Dallas Goddard gets healthier and back to game speed or that as Goddard gets back yeah. healthier game speed, that the offense will flow more through him like it used to Ertz? It's a great way to phrase it. You know what? You know what? Now you ask it that way. And again, I, no one's told me this at all. I'm just looking at it from a conceptual standpoint. Mm-hmm. Goddard, I had heard when Jeff and I put that report out on Saturday before the deadline to activate him, what I had heard was he looked so good in practice that week or whatever. I don't know. Uh, when did they start practicing that week? Wednesday, I think he – he was mm-hmm. the one player that was not activated on right. Monday. He was activated Wednesday, on right? Wednesday, yeah. Right. He looked so damn good. They were like, by the way, yet another player is coming back earlier than expected. He definitely did. He came back a week earlier. Um, I, I believe, LeVon, I, I, I strongly believe that it'll go through him instead of Ertz. That's, that, again, we're, we're guessing sort of, but why do I say it, though, which is more important? Because he's an all-around tight end. He was drafted to eventually replace Ertz. Zach is 30, just turned 30 uh, a couple days ago. Um, Zach, though, if he's back to normal, because he obviously knew Zach was struggling, they need someone to move the chains more. Zach is certainly unbelievably reliable, great hands, uh, gets open. We know that. But Goddard, Greg Cosell, our friend from NFL Films, who's part of the, the uh, ITB family, Greg has told me for years that Goddard is more explosive. And he can those seam, those seam run, passes, man, Goddard is a junior case Kelsey. I know he's not as explosive. I understand that. But he's a big hulking guy, man. That, that's, what, that's the difference between Goddard and Ertz. So to answer your question, I think it'll be go more through Goddard than Ertz. Well, I think it's a fascinating question because it, great question. it almost assumes a little bit that the reason why the offense has flowed through Zach Ertz the last two years is because simply because Zach Ertz has been their best playmaker, which is true. He's been their most reliable target. But – we all, as we also know, the team has really struggled at outside receiver and staying healthy there, whether it was Deshaun or Alshon, and that it was out of hap- it was out of necessity that Zach Ertz, the offense flowed through him because there was really not that many other options. If you go back to 2017, I don't. It was such a balanced offense that I don't know that it flowed through anybody. I thought Alshon had great games. Um, Zach had great games. The three-headed running back committee had great games. In fact, the one thing that stands out about that year, Adam, is that there were only, f- I think, three players that had a 100-yard game that year, mm. either rushing or receiving. Yeah. Uh, and so um, now, well, I think uh, Ertz had one, Alshon had one, and, and Torrey Smith, I think, had one. I'm thinking um, – Blunt. Oh, God, how did I remember? Blunt, Blunt, against the Chargers. Oh, the right. Chargers. That it. was the game. Oh, my God, it was incredible. And, and I had friends at that game because, you know, the Eagles took – the Eagle fans took over that stadium, that soccer stadium. Right, and the Chargers were so embarrassed by the the, the fans were uh, they they dominated, and apparently uh, there were a lot of people on that trip, you know, business people who uh, worked for the Eagles, and they were just blown away how the Eagle fans took over that stadium. It was pretty it was. incredible. It was, crazy. and it shook apparently when I don't know how much it shook, but it you could hear it move, you could feel it. I guess if you're in the stadium, when Blunt went off, when he was just killing the, on those long, you know, he when he took over that game, it's pretty cool. Yes, but uh, so the point I'm yeah. getting back to the point yeah, here yeah. is that. Now that Travis Fulgham has established himself as a possession receiver who has this level of dynamic 
ability to He's him. Possession plus. Yeah. A, sure. Yeah. That I, I don't know that the offense per se, when healthy, when all those guys are on the field. And, and by the way, Miles Sanders is also a guy who's going to get the ball. Yeah. A certain number of touches. I don't know that it's not a little bit more balanced like 2017 where it runs through a different person each Fair. game. And Although, I think that's, I what, that's yes. what they would like. I, I would say this though. When they throw it, it's going to mm-hmm. the number one target will be Fulgham. I don't, I don't see that changing. Now, Number of targets may go down from 11 or 12 or 10, 11 to 7 or 8. That could happen because you've got Goddard now is, is two weeks healthier. Mm-hmm. You've got Rager's – we haven't mentioned him. He's going to be a way bigger part. That, that's their plan. You get yeah. miles in the – yeah, you're just you, – you, you, it's a great point. I love the way you set that up because conceptually there's so many targets and this offense has a chance to be dynamic despite all the issues. And then if, if, if Samalo goes through practice a week, he's definitely playing. Mm-hmm. Without any setbacks, he's definitely going to be back at left guard. So this offense could look damn good going forward if everybody's on the field. Sure could. And if the quarterback has, uh, has his issues set yes. out, it could be really, really yes. good. All right, last question. We'll finish it off with a question from Jean-Philippe Cumeau. I hope I got that one right. Jean, yeah, Jean-Philippe, Jean-Philippe yes. Cumeau. Uh, what about the offensive line, he asks. What's your assessment of the new faces? Mylotta, is, fu- is he the future left tackle? What about Driscoll? who was playing very well before the injury, do you see as a potential to replacement to Lane Johnson? I, I don't know that we have to discard, just start talking yet about a replacement for Lane Johnson because when Lane is healthy, he's a dominant right yeah. tackle. Yeah. You mentioned this earlier, and I agree with you. I think that the long-term vision, and that can change, for Jack Driscoll is to put on some weight and play guard. And we'll have to see what happens with Brandon Brooks coming back. I mean, we all forget about that, but he, he may come back. But, well, um, no, he's they're locked into ten million next year. It's fully, it was yeah. fully guaranteed in March. They did an advance guarantee on his contract, right? We, we wrote so that. he'll be back. Yeah, yeah he'll be, be back. back. But that, I but mean, Jason they're Kelsey, the money. we have to see if Jason, we have to see if Jason Kelsey's going to play again. Yeah, if that's not, then say Amalu might move the center. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So they, there's a lot of moving parts. But the good thing, Jean Philippe, is that Mylotta looks like he's going to factor in at left tackle. Get, uh, to me, at worst, it's a competition between uh, Dillard and Mylotta at left tackle. Driscoll. Will be could be their swing right tackle guard. Uh, we, we, Herbig has shown that he could start for a short period of time and, and, and get through it. They're in pretty good shape for the future because that's the funny thing. Before we get out of here, folks, they never wanted this to happen with all these injuries on the offensive line, but they've learned so much about these guys, which they knew they ordinarily would not have learned. So yeah, uh, they, yeah. they actually are in good shape here. And kudos to Jeff Stalin and uh, Andy Weidel and, and Roseman and their college scouts to find all these guys because we didn't really know anything about these guys. They had to play and they've <laughs> You know what? Other than Jamon Brown, who's been a train wreck? Nobody. Other than Jamon yeah. Brown? No, no one's been a train wreck. Just yeah. the injuries. Sure. Why do I get this feeling, Adam, that like sometime next summer, uh, Andre Dillard's going to be flipped to some other team for a fifth-round pick and no one's going to cry about <laughs> oh, it? Oh, because... be more than that. They better, if they're moving him, they got it more than a fifth-round pick. But uh, I hear I mean, you. when you're – yeah, maybe. But you know, maybe a fifth for a conditional fourth. I just think uh, – right. But I just think that my lot has got so much in him. Mm-hmm. I know it's a challenge because of – He's a rugby player who's learning how to play football. But some of the tape that he's put out there, particularly a Pittsburgh game, you go, oh, boy, oh, boy. This, is, this could be super special. Yeah. And you want to see him in a full, a real offseason. Now that he's, got all, he's banked all these snaps. Because he missed right. three to 400 snaps in the offseason. Offseason, May and June, and then training camp and preseason games. You're talking about actually probably close to 400 snaps. So, anyway, that's what we got there. But this has been a good show, guys. Good, really good yeah. Really enjoyed it. Great questions. Great conversation. Really appreciate it. We'll be back Friday morning with our 
uh, our game preview. Finally, we'll have a game to preview. Eagles versus Giants at MetLife Stadium, 1 o'clock on Sunday. That will do it for Inside the Birds, This uh, the latest edition of Inside the Birds, the leading podcast in Eagles Intel. Thanks, as always, to our producer, Hunter Brody. You can check out his work on YouTube, Sports Talk with Broads, which I may or may not be making a cameo on pretty soon. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, you can find him on Twitter also, at Broads81. And as always,